we had a number of people opt in to get notified. Uh, and I know that it's holidays, so we'll probably get a lot of uh, people on the replay, which I will tell you how to get access to afterwards. If you do want to get notified in the future, we're doing the master key of wisdom calls. We do them about once a month with Grandmaster Mike. Now, I am on my own gray wolf journey so i actually just moved to arizona i just drove 26 hours with my dogs my wolves uh to be closer to the source so this is uh i'll be spending a lot of time with mike and jason who if you don't know them you'll get to know them and again about once a month we go through these uh what is eight lessons of master key of wisdom if you want to get notified if you're catching this replay or you're live and you go to join gray wolf Gray is G-R-A-Y. Join graywolf.com backslash master key, and you can opt in, and I'll put you on the calendar so that you uh, you have all the information you need, and you make your way here. And uh, all that said, I think last month we went over uh, what is chapter five of Master Key of Wisdom. I do recommend that you get a copy. We're also working on a book that will be similar, uh, me, Mike, and Jason. So last month, we went through Seek the Face of Honor. That's Chapter 5 of Master Key of Wisdom. And I believe today we are moving on to Chapter 6, which is Change Your Reality. And again, uh, I'm in Arizona. So for those of you, quite a few people have asked, uh, hey, or, or you've been to events and asked to spend more time on this kind of stuff, the sitting, the breathing, the moving, the swinging swords. Uh, just let me know. I'm here full time now, so we can schedule a time. We actually have two people here from out of town just to come hang out right now. Uh, and we'll get you scheduled, and we'll do some really cool stuff, and maybe maybe uh, go for a walk with uh, Grandmaster Mike and, and Master Jason Campbell. Because that's the uh, Mike. Mike has said this many many times. It's you could read the book, you can go to these lectures, and for me, the most valuable thing is to actually sit at the base of the mountain or walk around the base of the mountain and uh, have these conversations. So uh, just an open invite to anybody that is interested, let me know. Opt in. If you do opt in for these calls, I will also let you know when we're doing events. All that said, I'm going to pass it off to uh, to Mike, and I'm going to take my position on the floor. I'm going to sit on the floor and listen. Well, perfect. Well, again, uh, Nick, thank you. And we're moving along. We're currently on Chapter 6 of this Master Key of Wisdom. And what we like to do is go through the structure of the teachings because it's like a system that's been established for 4,200 years, uh, Dunghan Taoist uh, alchemy. And then we say, okay, this is great. This is how my grandmaster, who's uh, actually the, the boy in the book, that's who he is. And then we say, well, how does that apply to now, like today, living here and all of this in this country, within this culture at this time? And I think that's where the real uh, work is. And that's where actually digesting it and making it so, you know, actually happens. So what I'd like to do is we'll, we'll go through, I'll start with chapter six, changing your reality. And we'll, I assume if you haven't read it, I'll just kind of paraphrase it. If you uh, have the book, I recommend highly, you know, I've been reading this book for many years. Uh, it's kind of over and over. It's not a mystery novel or, you know, that you read or a romance novel. It's more like an instruction manual. So, uh, so changing your reality is a very 
I think out of all of these chapters, they're all very important. But I think this is the most empowering. So a lot of knowledge is out there, and it's, it's awesome. And it's more so than ever, actually, with like YouTube and whatever, all of the digital media. And it's, it's all out there. But the problem is making it so is where the challenge is. And I think this particular perspective in this teaching is what puts the teeth into, you know, the availability of the knowledge, which ultimately changing your reality with it. Like, well, how has that impacted your reality is something that we always ask. You, you go to a workshop or you, whatever you do, you make an investment, uh, you, you spend your time a certain way. It's like, well, how did that change my reality? You know, what was the end and some value of that effort and expenditure of chi, life force energies, cash, everything. So this is a, a key piece. How does it change your reality? And it also speaks into the unique karma of the human realm. Because, see, the, the different realms of, according to the wisdom teaching, you know, the view is there's different realms of existence. Of course, the human realm, well, you know, there's also an animal realm, right? There's a hungry ghost realm. There's the demon realm. And you can apply that metaphysically, or you can say, well, no, there's an animal human realm. Hopefully you and I in our best and highest civil behavior, but the animal realm is not so much. You don't really follow the rules. You're making decisions based on your need for the first three chakras, you know, and so we see that in, you know, whatever, crazy criminal behavior is one way. Uh, then the, the hungry ghost presents itself as addiction, you know, in the human, as, in a human form, you know, and that's pretty rough. Demon is, you know, we see that in its ugliest form, just the atrocity, the murder, the war, all that. So those are realms, all places we can take a position in a human being. But when you're in those realms, and above it, there's a demigod and the Buddha realm, you know, God realm, different higher expressions of human beings, too. We see that. But we, unlike any of the individuals in those realms, in the human realm is the only time you can change reality. Animal doesn't have free will, like the cow doesn't make a highway. Human beings have that, which is also, you know, responsibility. But it, it, it addresses the bridge between won't and can't. And if you want to look at the divisiveness and the struggle and what we're experiencing in today, if you know, how does this teaching apply to today? Hey, man, it's actually, if you look from observation, contemplation, and meditation, which are our three methods, okay, that we use to cultivate, you'll clearly see it. It's like, oh, my God, the, the source of all of this is between the won't and the can't at a certain point. And then who is a won't and can't? Like, you know, do you... Like you won't take care of your situation. You won't do what it takes to basically cure or heal yourself in the reality you're living. Or maybe you can't. And there's a fine line between won't and can't because those that won't, well, you know, you don't really, you're not too obligated. Those that can't, yes, it is an obligation to, to care for those that can't care for themselves or whatever. So what, this is an opportunity to bridge that because not all can't, you know, it's not that they won't. It's just they don't have the willpower or the juice. And this is the key because you can take all that knowledge. You can take all of this stuff you've been taught by others. But until you manifest and digest it and make it so, you have no power. And so no one can really help you until you help yourself. And practicing oriental medicine and dealing with clients for years, it's like, you know what? I'm going to have so much more benefit by getting everybody to train on the mat. I can needle spleen or I can have you do uh, 108 throw the ball and pump the interstitial fluid through the lymphatic system yourself. And then you can do it without me and you don't need a needle and 
You're empowered now. But at first, I, I get it. You can't. But I can teach you. And now you have a choice. And then you may be just someone who won't. But if you go through it and, and, and go to the top of the mountain yourself to pursue the cure, not only do you have the cure, but you have the willpower, which you can apply to everything else in life. And that, to me, is the most powerful part of this whole chapter, is saying, hey, man, sometimes changing your reality involves, yes, the change, but also the muscle to do so. And that right there is the big liberating piece. But then there's like, how do you get that? You know, where's the lightning behind that? Because it sounds good, but get off your ass and do it. Like, you know, Nick is saying, it's like, sure, he knows a lot of stuff, but yeah, but you know what? I got to get my boots on and get into this and physically do it and press myself through it. So there's heat and pressure, which creates change, but it also is that megong piece that is referenced and revealed for the first time. And it's a big part that's not available within our Western culture. We don't see that. And so if we were to uh, take a look at the bullet points of Chapter 6, you can change your reality. That's always your choice, which just speaks into what I said about the human realm of free choice. That's unique to uh, this realm. First learn, then earn. Yeah, so there's data available. It's everywhere nowadays. I mean, when I wanted to learn Bagua, which is this cool eight triagrams stepping thing, great. No, you're going to make a total commitment, become a disciple, go through great sacrifice so you can sit at the foot of the Grand Master and learn this crazy stuff, what everybody in our culture would consider, I don't know, witchcraft or quackery back then, you know, 80s, 70s. And so it's like, now the knowledge is everywhere, but you earn it by doing it. You can, you know, understand all this. The earning is that heat and pressure. The earning is applying it to the reality you're in. So that's, uh, not, uh, there's uh, chakras. I'm sure everybody on this call knows chakras. If you're interested enough to take the time to listen to this, energy centers of the human being, we call them dimensions of consciousness in the Taoist tradition. Learn, then earn. Learning is really a reference to the fifth chakra, the filter of, you know, fact-checking and, you know what I mean, uh, acquiring knowledge and distilling it, and then also speaking your knowledge in clarity with no delusion. That's, you know, kind of like an engineer. It's imperative. And, but then the fourth chakra is, is the earning. It's the doing. It's the applying it in time. Fourth chakra is emotion. Emotion belongs to the concept of awareness of time. So taking knowledge, mixing it in time, creates the sixth chakra activation, which is opening the third eye. That's learning and earning, and that's where wisdom comes from. And that's that. There's like a lightning bolt there of effort involved, discomfort. It's a discipline piece, too. It's an inner strength. It's negong. It's burning the chongma. That's the main reason you're introduced to the eight vessels within the first 200 hours of your training. Everybody that's on this team has the book. And to your horror and chagrin, in the back of that book is eight vessels. That's where you develop the lightning, the will to earn. Then, you know, what you've learned, you have the juice to earn it, to become it, and then there's that that, that point, there's your growth. It's a very important piece uh, that people miss in Western metaphysics. Like, it's the key where, you know, I go to these events and I'm the, I've done this and I have a certain medal, you know, uh, of uh, uh, credibility. Uh, so I'll meet these people and they all want to talk about it. And they're all healers and they're all masters and they're and I'm like, yeah, 
good, but you didn't earn it. So the, what I do out of fun is I just, I'll talk to them as long as they're in horse stance. I'm like, well, this guy like this dude, let's talk. And then when they're done standing like that, I'm done listening because they didn't earn it. It's like you, if you knew, if you were what you know, you'd be able to stand there all afternoon. So very important piece. So knowledge sees visible things. Wisdom sees invisible things. And that goes back to you can see a blueprint, you know, that's knowledge. And it's a very important first step. Wisdom is you can, you activated intuition, which is the ultimate and final goal of our cultivation process. Restoration, longevity, and cultivation of what? Intuition. And so that piece, again, comes from experience. Like if you, if you, if you have a master's degree in business, but you never ran one, you're not going to really be able to deal with all the true variables that come up when running a business. It's not in the book. It takes time. You know, you all these, you know, a back to school, uh, I think, made that very clear, that silly movie. Uh, so Nagong is the true energy of internal strength. So it's like, what, where'd that even come from? So, but that's the trick. That's the juice. You have the juice to make it so. And it's like, well, here we go. Won't and can't. Well, here's the, the, the bad news is some people have more pre-heaven, right? Or they came in via the genetics, DNA, with more juice. They actually do. They have more willpower. And so they have more juice. Now, a lot of times they didn't cultivate the willpower, so when they have to get more, they don't have the ability. But they'll use it, sometimes squander it in most cases. And then a lot of people just don't have juice. What is juice? Juice is that piece, that drive. It shows up in your arende or your auric field. You can see people that are sickly and lack energy, and their energy is going inward. If you want to get specific, it belongs to kidneys. Specifically tonight, if you want to go really into that, Negong begins on December 21st. When the planet is furthest from the sun, we start cultivating this Negong at the lower Dantian, three fingers below the navel, if you want to get technical. It just happens to be today. So, uh, Anyways, yeah, that's cultivating the juice. How do we cultivate the juice? Sitting, meditating, clearing the mind, space between words, distance between thoughts, so you're not burning. Because you're just sitting there, but you're burning. You're, you're dumping cortisol. You're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Heart rate might even be elevated, and you're just sitting there burning. So what we need to do is sit in a state of tranquility, which is uh, very hard to do if your body's fighting you. So that's why we do the eight vessels and the yoga. And the body is comfortable enough to sit there without being painful to be in. Because <laughs> really most of my clients that I see, it's just painful to be in you, man. It sucks. I can see you. It wouldn't be a pleasure to reside in that rotting flesh right there in front of my eyes. So I get it. you got to do the work. Change your reality. Body's weak. Energy doesn't flow. Joints hurt. You can't sit long without experiencing discomfort. you got to move. you got to adjust. I see clients, they can't even lay on their back and listen to a sound back for more than 40 minutes without discomfort. Wow, that sucks. So you got to change your reality. And you have to do asana. You have to do qigong. You have to make it so the energy flows unimpeded. So now you can sit like a rock, not all twitchy and uncomfortable. That's like the first part of it. Then the standing practices are burning your nervous system so that you're used to pushing through situations, yes, during discomfort. That's the willpower. But also the channels themselves become more conductive just by pushing. It's like, okay, you know, lifting weights. It's like, oh, it sucks. But yeah, but actually the muscle belly itself gets stronger. The same thing with the nervous system, which is pointed to here in the Nagong practice. So there's ways. And then we use herbs, too, and we burn moxa. So there's a, a very many layers. Nagong is very uncommon. 
you'll see martial arts everywhere. You'll see yoga everywhere. You'll even see Tai Chi everywhere. But you don't see a lot of, you might even see a lot of Qigong, but you won't see Nagong. And that is why one of the reasons I, I became such a, uh, uh, let's say, a committed member within my Donghan Daoist clan, you know, cult member, if you ask my dad. So Nagong is the true energy of internal strength. I just, I, I guess I just went into that. The secrets of Nagong are the wings of wisdom. I, so what does that mean? The secret to Nagong are the wings of wisdom, because now you have the willpower to apply, the, to, to go up to the top of the mountain. Okay, so, all right. So I, I, like Nick mentioned, you know, we live out here. We have our mountain and our range. But to me, it's more like a big old outdoor temple. We don't really own it. You know, we, we take care of it. <laughs> you know, we're, that's what our job is. We're a custodian of it. You can't own it. But you can certainly use it the correct way and honor it and, 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 and take advantage of, you know, and grow from every piece of it. So ascending and descending mountains. So I'll have the clients that stay at these very high-end resorts, and I'll take them through analysis, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, you know, you have gout. You know, you're starting to get edemic. Let's just say that. You don't have gout, but you're starting to be pussy, and my thumb is leaving a mark in your leg for longer than it should. You know, no, but I did this, and I did that. I know, and they are very wealthy people. They've hired the best. I'm like, well, what you probably need to do is use this, uh, how, you know, the uh, – cowboy tea and that's if you took a drink of that that's going to really help with the inflammation and the puffiness of your whole system and like oh that's not it's just natural it's great 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 I said, well do you have it no i don't can you buy it not really uh but i know where it's at and i can show you you know how to get it and they it's like, well, where is it well it doesn't grow in this canyon because it needs to be high and dry the roots. It has no leaves. It does photosynthesis through the bark. So it's a very primitive plant. It was around before leaves. So it's a really basic model, but it's just filled with the ability to basically manage extreme heat because it thrives somehow on the face of a mountain with no water and just blaring sun. And when you, if you were to turn that into tea, it has the exact opposite effect on your body. It totally cools it and it gets rid of puffiness and Okay, so it's one of these magic herbs in the mountain. Great. Like, all right, well, well, can you, you know, get me some? I'm like, no, but I, I can bring you to it. And some people that are willing to go to it, I know by identifying it, and most of the medicine is literally them walking up the mountain because now we're pumping. I'm pumping all of this lymph, you know, uh, through the lower body, and they're exhaling all the waste. And then they have a cleaner, cleaner, you know, uh, interstitial fluid at the base, and then they drink this, which clears it. It's like a thinner, like a viscosity thinner almost. And they're like, oh, my God. And you can literally see it in their color and stuff. But they had a lot to do with curing themselves. There's got to be will. If, there, if you're not into it, I won't. I'm like, yeah, no, whatever. I've got an appointment anyways. i got to go. And I go. But if you're into it, I will walk them up that damn mountain. And that also shows me they have the will to change because then I'll show them three exercises that will work. You know, breathe this way, move this way, blah, 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 hit these points. Now, if they're not willing to go get the damn ephedra plant and go up this, and it's a good, I bring them up. I, they don't know what it looks like, so I let them walk past, I don't know, two or 300 of them, and I'll bring them as far as their body will go, as high as they can go. <laughs> Ask Nick, he'll tell you. And then, you know, you'll get to, I don't know, 30-something hundred feet above sea level. And then I'll say, oh, oh, there it is, and then I'll pick it. 
and they'll be like, oh, wow, and I'll let them carry it on the way down. You can eat it. You can break a little piece, just keep it in your mouth, like, hey, you know, and then they already buy, and then we make it, and we hang out, we talk, they drink it, and they're like, oh, God, this is, and it's immediate, but I know a lot of it was the hype. They had an experience. They were empowered. They have a better understanding of their body, because I explained to them, this is what you did to yourself. You turned on the pump. You know, activated spleen and lung, and you, you know, by doing the hike, going up and down, you did more than just wait to be healed. And you applied effort, will, and intention. So it's kind of a modern version of, of this, and it, it points to the willingness to do what it takes to change your reality. Because if you try to treat someone, it's a quick thing I learned. I was like, this is not appealing. I'm going to put you on a table and treat you and be held responsible because you can't figure out how to get your blood pressure under control. Now, you know, that's not empowering. So uh, medical Qigong was 90% of what I did, and that's this is how you do it yourself, for yourself, and for the rest of your life. And a byproduct is the knowledge, the inspiration, and the willpower to overcome other crazy crap that's going to happen to you. But people don't know the secret, like, to how to get juice. So then they, they, even though they really want to, they can't, you know. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe we can upgrade this can't. Then you're just left with being a won't, you know. And I can't help you if you're a won't. If you have the juice and the knowledge and you choose not to do it, I'm not responsible for your reality, you know, no matter who you are. And so uh, that that's a very key, powerful thing because then the very process, of going up the mountain to change your reality. In this case, not even metaphorically, you know, but yes, it's a metaphor, you know, going through what it takes to transform and also having the knowledge on how to manipulate your own juice, which is a big part of Qigong, knowing about breath work, knowing about how to, you know, uh, deliberately manage your own blood pressure, your own heart rate, know how to uh, deliberately manage your body temperature, knowing how to basically get in there and, you know, through herbs and, you know, specific foods and to change your energy so that you're not just hoping you recover, you know, because you just got this little waning, you know, uh, immune system. It's like, oh, maybe I'll get over this thing. No, dude, you got to get on it. And so you have to heal yourself to the best of your ability. I mean, if you're hit by a truck, you're kind of screwed. No Qigong's going to help. You know, we're talking chronic, long-term, you know, things here. So I think it's a very, very powerful uh, chapter that really points to what makes this unique, you know, is the fact that you're going to go through a uh, and more than learning. You know, yoga does the same thing, you know, too. It's all about having a community and a group of people to assemble it, put you through it, give you a reason to go through it. So, yeah, that would be my translation. So the secret of the Nagong of the wings of wisdom, opening your invisible eye, the invisible eye. So going back to by giving you your true self, you find your true self, opening your invisible eye, following the Mudo moral compass to true, right, and correct, and the use of Nagong to connect with the ultimate natural energy. These are the tools of destiny. That's a really powerful uh, uh, fire hose of a paragraph right there, you know, of a statement. So by giving you your true self, you find your true self. So, you know, I was introduced to that. I don't know, it was my early 20s, and the Grandmaster Kim said, look, if you want to find your true self, you have to give your true self. That's all part of learning than earning. 
And it's like giving yourself to the situation, giving yourself to the commitment of changing the reality. Also, in doing so, there's the heat and pressure, and you do find where your weaknesses are. It's like, you know, lift to your max, find out what that is, and build beyond it, right? We know that in the gym. Well, it's the same thing on a chi level, on a willpower level as, as well, and on a karmic level. And so you find yourself, you're applying yourself. That's the concept of a spiritual work for karmic merit, you know, that has changed your reality. And so the spiritual work is removing weakness in yourself, to the best of your ability, at least removing unnecessary suffering and trying not to cause it. So don't be the source of suffering, right, and don't suffer. Because a lot of times your suffering is a source of suffering for others. So it's a very big piece. And, you know, by giving your true self, you find your true self. And that's that concept of, you know, uh, learn then earn. Once you learn it, change your reality and the realities around you. There's the spiritual work through karma. That is the karmic merit. And that, if you're, you know, it would have to be the foundation you know, catchphrase, if you will, spiritual work for karmic merit, is the end result of that. Uh, <clears throat> by following the Mudo moral compass, true, right, correct, there's willpower in doing the right thing, a correct thing. Correcting is the objective. Sometimes using your true emotions and, and actually running with it, it's totally appropriate. And a lot of times it's not, so you need to be a little bit more, uh, disciplined and uh, focused and not favoring your own desires in the moment to do the correct thing, you know, especially in society, things like that. People run into trouble. They don't understand that. They can't choose. It's the willpower that gives you the ability to make that choice. It is the practice of Nagong that helps you arrive at correct. We're not always, but, and use Nagong to connect with the ultimate natural energy. Connecting with the ultimate natural energy goes back to simply as, you know, drinking a tea because there it is and it's natural it's everywhere to doing, you know, lower abdominal breathing in a rapid pace and locking for four minutes to dump or, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, growth hormones. And uh, sure, there's so many ways to connect by standing and you know, posture to the point where, you know, standing in that good Taoist horse for five minutes, try it, it'll burn, but you'll be left with, the willpower, you know, so that's, you know, how we connect. That is the, the secret sauce within the lineage. So the key to happiness is to earn by sharing and, and with serving others. In return, those whom you have served shall serve you. And that is, again, you know, that is your spiritual work, your karmic merit. So, you know, a lot of the, the objective here, though, is, is, is created by a lot of the ability the objective is created through the practice of the Nagong. That's where the real difference is. That's when you don't know it, you become it. So that's my, uh, you know, observation with the, uh, with chapter six. I think that's, you know, right there, you know, where the tire meets the road. So what we're doing uh, is uh, if you have questions or anything like this about any of these interpretations or observations, you can always contact us. I know Sarah sent out to, to everybody, you know, uh, an open invitation uh, to do a uh, annual review of your process. Because I know we've got a few of us now that have been here for a bit. And I think really then saying, okay, it's like you're going up the damn mountain. It's the willpower to maintain it, you know, and you know, keep going up these various switchbacks in a sense. And it, sometimes looking and seeing how you're doing really helps. So uh, I think that's an important piece. We also have uh, 
like Nick was saying, you know, ongoing process out here where we're going to try to get as many of us together as we can and actually give you a chance to firsthand now, not just listen to it, but to actually feel it, you know, to basically be, you know, ingested, if you will. And I know that's going to be, we're going to start working more assertively on setting some times now that Nick is, is out here. And actually, Nick, we're getting together Friday. That'll be good. You and I and Jason Campbell. So, okay, are there any other uh, things we need to address, Sarah, at the end here? Um, unless anyone had questions, they'll do. They'll raise their hand by pressing star two. But I think a lot of people join on a web call and not on a phone. So it's difficult to uh, communicate that way. Oh, Nick, I'll get him. You are on the call, Nick. I just wanted to see what happened when I pushed the button. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, now I know. It tells me. It says raise hand. Uh, yeah, just to Mike's point, I am out here, uh, 2024, in, in, you know, what what do they say? Shit happens. And so uh, 2023, I was, this whole last year, I was actually planning on being here a lot more uh, because there is something to, the, one of the reasons we do, the one of the biggest reasons I do uh, all of our events in Arizona is because we sit in a, this conference room, we talk about stuff, we get great ideas, and then ideally either before or after the events, I'm going up the side of the mountain with Mike and Jason. I think it's a really important part of the process is kind of contact with reality. So 2024, we have uh, the Guardian Academy, Wolf Den, Brandon Straza, Success Finder, even Laurel Portier's community. We have, I think, six or seven dates on the calendar, and we're going to put a Grey Wolf experience uh on the first or last day of each of those events. So tomorrow, Mike, Jason, and I are get together, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll start figuring out which days those are. But I do encourage you to uh, come out. And if you do come to any event out here in Arizona that I'm involved with, uh, let me know because it may make sense to come in a day early or stay a day late because uh, there's probably going to be something going on that's breathing, movement, uh, climbing, hiking, all that stuff, and uh, it, it's been incredibly valuable. So I'm inviting everybody to come along, and uh, we'll, we'll keep building a little bit of infrastructure so it's easier to get notified and opt in and reach out and all that stuff. So if you're here, you already got the notifications, and you'll you'll be getting more. Okay. All right, then uh, I look forward to seeing everybody's. Soon and Nick, I'll see you on Friday. Until then, happy holidays.